our desire, Lord, is for you to come and fill every fiber of our being, Lord. Lord, that you'd come and minister and touch hearts and lives. God, that you'd move as only you can move. Lord, just feeling your presence so overwhelming, Lord, in these moments as we see, Lord, the miraculous among us and you moving in a very wonderful way. Lord, knowing the things that are upon our heart and what we've even heard just Sunday, Lord, of of, this, of our mouth and our confession and speaking the promises of God. And Lord, we just see you now moving and touching and delivering. God, what a, what, a, what a moment we're standing in, Father. What a time that we're in, Lord. We just ask, Father, that you would just come and touch each and every heart and every life. God, there'd be somebody that needs to take another step towards you, Lord, and surrenderance. May they do that tonight, Father. Whatever it may be, God, have your way, we pray. We commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Joel chapter 2, also Psalms chapter 1. Amen. It's quite an honor to be here with you tonight, be back home. Amen. We had a wonderful trip there uh, as we went to the tent meetings there, Brother Sean's, and ministered there on a Wednesday evening, and and uh, then others, Brother Jonathan Martin, Brother Wendell Martin, Brother Wayne Lawson, and Brother Ron Spencer, and Brother Andrew Glover would minister as well. It was just a wonderful time in the presence of God. And, and uh, I, I feel honored to stand with men who stand in for this message. It preaches it with all their heart, and they don't back off, but they hold the sword, and they, they proclaim the promises of God. And and uh, it was very wonderful to be with them. And Brother Ron Spencer, you know, has been bat- as we know, been battling cancer. But Saturday night, he preached probably one of his best. I, I don't say that very often because it seemed like it's always the be- better's always the next one or the now, right? But uh, it was it was incredible to watch how God would use him and in those moments and time. And then we'd follow him up on Sunday morning to his place and minister and and back at Brother Donnie Reagan's on Wednesday night and. I just thank the Lord for all that he's done and all the victories he's won. It's, it's his work, it's his people, and it's his promises, and he's got it all in his hands. Amen. Amen. So tonight I just want to look at Joel chapter 2 and Psalms chapter 1. Very, of course, familiar scriptures. It says here in verse 25, And I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaid in those days will I pour out my spirit. Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. 
But his light, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Notice rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. We'll let you be seated. Just looking here in Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1, you'll notice there's progression in the scripture because it says, Blessed is the man that walketh, or then it goes to standeth, and then it goes to sitteth. So it's a progression of this man that walketh or standeth or sitteth, and then also counsel, way, and seat, and ungodly, and sinners, and scornful. But blessed is that man that his delight is in the law of the Lord, or in the word of the Lord, and he does meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in its season. I'd like to speak to you this evening on the, the light, the season of life. I believe we are in the season of life. Amen. We're in the season that is moving from this dimension into a new dimension. Amen. From and from mortal life to immortal life. And we know that we're in the time of, of darkness and the time, and it's not, not, don't have to explain that very well to know that we're in great darkness, but also in the time of great light. It's quite a paradox that in the middle of darkness, there's a great light that is shining upon a people and is bringing them back to a place of restoration and not just partial, partial restoration or partial fulfillment, but full restoration and full fulfillment of his promises. And God is going to fulfill every one of his words. There's not one of them going to fall to the ground and not be fulfilled, but he will fulfill every one of them. Amen. And no matter what he has to do, no matter how many kingdoms he has to raise or how many kingdoms he has to tear down, amen, he's going to fulfill his word. And, and I'm thankful that we're living in a time not of death, but a time of life. Amen. We can see there in the, the first age as it was a time of planting. It was a time of actually going into the ground and it would go down to the dark ages, but it would come up in this time. It was a time of not planting, but a time of reaping, a time of harvest. And that's the time that we're living in, that God has restored us back to what it was at the beginning. And, you know, Brother Brandon would talk about this. He said, Webster says the word restore means to bring back to the former owner, to bring back to the former state or condition. It's a, if a claim has been made on something, it's to make that restoration. You can enforce it to bring it back to its right place. To restore is to bring back to who really owns it. Amen. To who really owns it. To bring it back to its natural estate where it was at the first time. To bring it back to its natural condition. In order to do this, we have the right to enforce. If there's a law that speaks it, then we have a right to enforce the rightful condition of restoration. He says, like if somebody stole some property and they're holding your property captive, captive then you can go to the law and take the 
the law to this person and the law will force that person to restore this property back to the rightful owner in its, into his prior and first estate. Amen. Enforcement. He said enforce. Then we have the privilege to enforce, the privilege to enforce upon Satan the claims that God has given us. For God has a law. His word is the law. See, amen. Satan can come against you, but his, the, the word of God, the law of God stands against him and his claims upon you. As we spoke about Esther just a few services ago, just right at the end, amen, they had, there had been a law that had been put in place for their destruction, but before that law could be enforced, amen, the king gave them another command and told them to go and to destroy their enemy before they destroyed them. Amen. And I, I love that because Satan wants to come and put claims upon your life and, and put claims upon your souls and put claims upon the things on your mind and your spirits. But before he could lay that claim upon you, there was already something else, another law that was in place that God has given us a right to enforce. Therefore, we can go towards Satan, to Satan and tell him, bring it back to his rightful owner. Amen. You see, and he has to do it. See, we, God in his word made certain claims to the church. Therefore, we have the right to enforce these claims upon Satan and say, give it back. And he has to do it. Hallelujah. And he has to do it. Not by our might, not by our power, but by his spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. I don't have the ability to make him do one thing, but I have the God who, amen, who has the ability, has the power, and has the way to make him do what his word says he's going to do. Amen. Because we can take God's agent, the Holy Spirit, and we can go on our knees and say, as thus saith the Lord, and he's got to give it up. That's all because the Holy Spirit is there to make Make him do it. The law of the land is to enforce, is by the land and for the land. And the law of the Spirit of God is to force Satan to give up that which is unrightfully and deceitfully taken from God. Souls of men he took from God, souls of women, souls of children, sicknesses of the body. He's placed upon people where God made them in his image to be like him. And the church has been given the right, the legal rights by the Bible to take the the Holy Spirit and to enforce this law upon Satan. Hallelujah. Amen. That he has to give up the property of God. He has to give up what God has rightfully given us. Amen. I, I, I don't think it's just happenstance or just a, uh, just something that happened today that we saw right before our very eyes. Brother Tim giving witness to it. Amen. Of, of, a, of a thing that had happened to his daughter. I remember when I was there with my own little daughter laying there in a very serious situation. Amen. And I just began to use the word of God and call upon the name of Jesus. Jesus, and I watched God bring it all back to the place that it rightfully belonged. I saw God bring back uh, my daughter to her right mind, give her sight back, give her mind back, give her all these things back. Why? Because I had, I had brought, amen, a place. I'd come to the law of God and I'd called out to that law and there was a spirit there to back it up and to bring it back where it belonged. Amen. Brother Brandon would talk about this in a car. Amen. In a little car that had been stolen from a brother. And he said, it. He, said what? he said, what was it? He said, there was a law we could go to. And that law was wherever two or three are gathered in my name, if they would agree, I'll be in their midst. And if they agree on touching any certain thing and ask it and don't doubt in their heart, they shall have what they ask and it shall be given them. 
So there was a law of God that is spoken of all this need and this situation of a car that had been stolen from a man and, and been taken away from him and out of his sight and out of his ability to be able to return it. But there was a law that had been spoken and he said, we took that law before the Father and the Holy Spirit went and, and brought that law into force. And he said, we got on our knees about five men and four or five men and we knelt down and I pleaded the case before God and the great Holy Spirit as he took the word to serve summons a vision broke and I saw a man going toward Bowling Green Kentucky with a yellow shirt on driving his truck and the Holy Spirit come upon him condemned him and he took it right back to where he got it and I saw him come back and park the car on a certain street over across the river and I raised up and I said thus saith the Lord and when they started out and went on the road there was a car sitting there half empty with gasoline the tank half empty empty where it had been filled up just enough to take him halfway to Bowling Green and bring him back and these men are sitting here for a witness what was it enforcing give it back give it back see that's it that's what we're talking about restoring it bringing it back to the rightful owner amen bringing it back to the rightful owner that's what we have in this hour that we live in I was back there thinking about this very story and I thought if that law would pertain to a, a hunk of metal and, and it would pertain to a car and pertain to something that's very temporary, how much more would this law pertain to our children? How much more would this law pertain to the needs? Amen, they're not temporary. They're not temporary souls. They're not temporary bodies. Amen, but children that God has given us and has laid them in our life as fruits from our, our body and God has given them to us and Satan wants to take them out of our sight and try to destroy them and empty their lives and bring them down into a devil's hell. But we come together tonight agreeing on it, two things. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there I'll be. And we know he's here tonight. And he showed it very very suddenly just today as he would take a little girl been kicked in the face by a horse and scars would be on her face look like it broke bones, but God rich in mercy. Amen. And a father's heart would begin to cry out and begin to call back restoration. Hallelujah. God did this for a purpose for you to realize. Amen. God's more concerned than some scars on the face. He's concerned about scars in the soul and the devil's trying to take them out and scar them up. But there's a people here that sees a law there and says, God, you spoke it and we're going to hold to it. We're going to hold to what you spoke. Satan has robbed us, but we're going to bring it back. Satan has taken it, but we're going to bring it back by the word of Almighty God. Hallelujah. It's a law laying over Satan. Hallelujah. And if Satan has robbed you of being the, of the privilege of being a son or daughter of God, you have a right by the Holy Spirit to enforce the claim of God and bring them back. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, we're talking about our Bill of Rights. Oh, we're quick to go back to our, our Bill of Rights on a constitution that was written by some mortal men. But what about this that was written by Almighty God? 
Amen. We, we talk about our right to bear arms and they better not take our guns. But meanwhile, we lay down and let the devil run over right over the top of us. It's time for you to bear arms. It's time for you to guard yourself and fight and say, devil, you come far enough. But I'm here to enforce my God-given claim. That's my child. And not only is it mine, it's a son of God. It's a daughter of God. And we're coming after them in the name of Jesus Christ. If he afflicted you and made you sick, you have a right before God to enforce the laws of God by his stripes. Amen. Oh, we want our rights. Well, I'm trying to give you some. Before God to enforce, you have a right. Bring them back. Turn them loose. You've taken him out yonder to death, but we claim them and we bring them back. He's trying to take some of ours out by death, by cancer, but we have a right to stand upon the word of God and say, bring them back. Bring them back to the house of God. Bring them back to full health. Bring them back to restoration. Bring them back. As an enforcement, restore back to his natural condition. A man's sick, a baby's sick, a woman's sick. They're out of, out of their natural condition. Then we have a right to enforce our claim. Not our claim, but it's our claim because God gave it to us. Amen, it's his promise. By his stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. By his stripes we are healed. Then we have a right to enforce the law and the lawgiver, the Holy Spirit himself is here, the agent of God to see that it's done exactly that way. Oh, come on now. Amen, do we believe he's here among us? Well, it's a law, it's his law. He said, where two or three are gathering in my name, there I shall be. So we know he's here tonight because we haven't gathered under some denominational name. We haven't gathered under our own abilities, our own ideas. No, we have gathered under the name of Jesus Christ. And at the mention of that name, every demon has to flee. Under the mention of that name, every sickness has to bow. Under the mention of that name, every sin has to turn loose. And the mention of that name, demons will screech to a halt. Amen. We have a right. The only way he can work is when you let him work. <laughs> How do you let him work? By speaking his word. Do what Brother Andrew to check, 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 my check. Seems to work there for him. We'll see if it works for me. The way you let him work is by speaking his word. Not speaking your doubts as we heard Sunday. Not speaking your frustrations. Not speaking the conditions around you and the wowsy, wowsy woos and I'm never gonna amount to nothing. I'm never gonna be there. No, that's not what his word said. What his word said, I'm a more than overcomer. His word said, I am blessed. Hallelujah. His, I just read it to you. Blessed is he. God sends this earth around the sun. <clears throat> and we know the seasons change. The earth turns away from the sun 
and winter sets in. He said, that's exactly the way a sinner does. He just gets away from the sun, the S-O-N. And when earth begins to come back, when it's out there, death strikes it the winter, it kills every living thing it can kill out there. The earth gets back around, but seeds are laying down in the ground. They're frozen, the pulps run out of them. Everything seems gone, but there's still some life preserved on the inside. Oh God. It may look like those seeds are out there and they're frozen and they're all hope is gone. The pulp's out of them, but there's still some life on the inside of there. And when this earth begins to come back, as soon as that sun gets back in the position again upon the earth, there will be an Easter, a restoration. Up comes the flowers again. Up comes the grass again. All the winter it killed, the sun restores. Hallelujah. All the winter, all the winter that death had moved in, the sun of life is restoring. It's calling. It's pulling back. And so it is now with people. All the winter's coldest cold form of religion has killed out there and nearing of the Son of God in the last days coming into his church. It has restored us back to life again. I will restore, saith the Lord. So God restores the flowers. He restores the leaves. He restores his nature, his seed of the earth. And therefore, we know then that God will restore also his habitation. He will bring it back and restore his Eden once again. He will restore everything that death has killed. The only way it can ever remain dead is to let it lay in the wrong place. But if it falls in the right place, it's got to come to life. He said, oh God, let us fall in the right channel. Hey, I believe we're in the right channel tonight. (coughs) Oh my. Let us fall in the right channel for restoration. All that winter kills, the sun restores. Returning the sun, what does it do? It forces death to let go. When the sun, that spring sun, comes back in the line of the earth again, it actually forces death to give up its dead to a resurrection again. For what? A restoration to restore it back again. What does it? The sun coming. That is God's law. God set the earth in laws. Gravitation has a law. Is that a law? You don't ever worry about it, do you? Throw something up, it's going to come down. It's gravitation. It's called the law of gravitation. Somebody would figure that out and would name it. The law of gravitation. What goes up will come back down again. I don't care if you put a jet engine on it. Sooner or later, it's going to come back down again. It's a law there. It's an act. It's an action. It's working. Everything in nature works according to that law. The flower served its term. Term the seed served its term. It died into the earth. But then there's a law of restoration. There's a law of resurrection. Amen. And now it may be laying dead there, and it seems impossible. It seems like it'll never come to life again. It seems like it'll never come forth out of that cold, dark, dead grave. But there's a law that was laying there. 
That's why Jesus would speak of that law. He said, you, he, said he, he will not suffer his Holy One to see corruption. He said, you tear this temple down in three days, I'll raise it up again. What was he referring to? The law that was over his body. <clears throat> so Pilate thought he had the law. Amen. The Pharisees thought they had the law. Everybody, the Roman soldiers thought they had the law. But there was another law in effect before they ever went into effect. Hallelujah. Before there was ever a pilot, before there was ever a Pharisee, before there was ever a Roman guard, there was already a law that had been spoken. In three days, he's going to come out. Hallelujah. So they could try to seal it up. They could try to cover it up. They could try to do all they want to. They could put a Roman seal and a Roman guard around it. But there was a law that was over that body. And that body was laying there. But on that resurrection morning, that law came into effect. And there wasn't enough guards. There wasn't enough devils. There wasn't enough anything to hold that body down. Let me tell you something, parents. There's a law that's in effect over your children. They shall be there and their offspring with them. The promise is unto you and your children. Amen. So I don't care how much the devil has done, how much he's trying to cover them up, how much he's trying to scar them, how much he's trying to destroy them. When it's time for them to come to life, there ain't enough devils. There ain't enough sin. There ain't enough perversion that can hold them down. Amen. Because there's a law that's an effect over them before there ever was a devil. Before there ever was a sin, there was already a law in effect. It is the law of life. God set all of his laws in motion. Let it soak in now. He set all of his laws in motion. It'll work according to his word, his word. His laws work according to his word. His laws does not work according to the conditions. You heard it Sunday. His laws does not work according to his conditions or its conditions or the conditions around you. It works according to the word. So if the word spoke it, that law is in effect. He commanded the sun, he commanded the moon, he commanded the earth, he commanded nature, and all falls right in line. And all the laws work in harmony with God's spoken word. And the law of life that's in us will also bring us to a resurrection. Ah, come on now. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. It doesn't matter what laws man will pass. Those laws are not in effect. There's a law that's already been wrote over, over our life. It's called the law of life. Hallelujah. And in its season, it will bear forth fruit. When it's time, there's not enough devils in hell that's gonna keep it from happening. Listen, they could, they, they could get muster up all the devils in hell and put them around a little graveyard over there in Lebanon Cemetery, but there's some seeds that are laying there. 
And when the time comes for that resurrection, they can try to stomp on it. They can try to cover it up. They can try to say it ain't so. They can try to say whatever they want to, do whatever they want to. But when that law comes into effect, when that law comes to restoration and the law of life begins to produce, what is it? It's going to take some old dry dust and it's going to bring them back up again to step from mortality into immortality. But not only is it going to do it over there in a cemetery or one down the road here or wherever the seeds of God. Amen. It's going to do it in your own body. Hallelujah. The devil's trying to cap you and clamp you down and say you'll not be but so much. I want to tell the devil something. There's another law that's in effect over my life. You have no say in how blessed I can be. You have no say in how healed I can be. You have no say in how saved I can be. Devil, you have no say over our children. You have no say over our young people. You have no say over anybody. That's the seed of Almighty God. They're going to come forth. Let's go ahead and rejoice about it. It's good as already done. Because it's not a man-made law, a man-made decree. It's God's law. It's God's law. And it's in force no matter what the devil says. When the word spoke, I'll not suffer my holy one to see corruption. Neither will I leave his soul in hell. There wasn't enough devils. There wasn't enough time. (laughs) There wasn't enough anything to keep Christ in the grave. His body was laying there. But the law of God would bring the word to pass and bring the promises to pass. Regardless of how little we think we are, how low we think we are, how impure we think we are, how unholy we are, how sick we are, how afflicted we are. The law of God's spirit by his word makes it obey him and forces the issue and says, give it back. Mercy. Oh, if we could just think of that, it forces it regardless of the conditions. Regardless of how impossible it may seem. But Tim, it seemed impossible, didn't it? Amen. When I was looking at my little daughter, Adriana, it seemed impossible. When I was looking at Brother Philip, it seemed impossible. When I was looking at any of us, it seemed impossible. But God had a word there. God had a law already in effect over our lives. It didn't matter how deep in sin we went, how dark in darkness we went, how impossible it seemed. It's regardless of condition. His word will be fulfilled. So if I was you, I would stop looking at the impossibles and start seeing what's possible. It might be impossible for you to receive a healing, seems like, or a deliverance or whatever you have needed. Look beyond all the impossibilities. Because just beyond that is, is the possibility. The devil wants to lay everything else. And I know how I tell him, Brother Tim, I know how what he does. When God does something like that for you, then he wants to come back. Well, you know, it wasn't just as bad as you thought it was. And you, thought, you just thought, oh, that was there. 
you just thought. Well, let me just say it like this. And I don't even want to put, I'm not even trying to pack, put a cloud of doubt over anything. Where's, where's our little sister at? I don't know if front row, stand up. Come on up here, that's a good idea. Does this look like a little girl that took a horse kick right in the face? Does it look like one that took one in the chest said she couldn't breathe? Hallelujah. What man might have thought was impossible, God said, watch this. There's somebody calling on my name and I'm gonna fulfill my word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come here, Joshua, come here. Does this look like somebody that used to be a sinner and so scared and worried and afraid? There was a law that was laying over his life. It was an effect before fear came. It was an effect before any devil came. It was already there. Hallelujah. Does this look like somebody that was in the bar room and was out drunk and worked in the world? No, sir, but there was a law that was an effect over his life that would call him from there and make him a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, you need to look past all your sadness, look past all your unbelief, look past everything that you can see and look to the unseen. It's more real tonight than anything you see around here. There's angels of fire. There's pillars of fire. There's God walking up and down, moving. He said, if I can just get somebody to take me at my word. If I can just get somebody to walk towards that fire. I'm gonna step in with them. Hallelujah. Oh, we ought to have a jubilee tonight. Listen, God arranged this whole thing. He allowed what to be preached on Sunday. Amen, Sarah, watch your mouth. And then he's coming back behind and saying, look, I got a witness right there of a man that would look past his fears, look past the scars, look past the blood and say, God, have mercy on my daughter. And God in a minute would take that old rags off of her face and she'd be made completely whole. Let that be a sign to you moms and dads that's got children out there away from God and they're always seems impossible. Woo! But one of these days, the rags are coming off. The rags are coming off and it's gonna be Lazarus has come forth. The word and power of resurrection is among us. It is in effect. That after his death, burial, and resurrection, many of the saints that slept in the dust of the earth rose up out of the ground. What was it? The prophet spoke the word, and the Spirit of God brought it to pass. 
not only did Jesus raise, but saints raised with him. It was the season of life. Death had been conquered. And I want you to understand something. Death is still conquered. Death has still lost his hold. Death has still lost his ability to put fear in believers' hearts. Hallelujah. Say the court writes out a certain, certain, certain thing, certain penalty to do so and so. That's the word of the court, the law of the court. But the law has to enforce what the word of the court says. And God speaks something, that's a law. And the Holy Spirit, though, is here to enforce it for the believer. You've got to have the badge of the believer. You've got to have the token. Somebody said, you got power? No, but we got authority. Not power, but authority. We ain't got power to do nothing. He said, it's like a little policeman in Louisville standing there, smaller than what I am, little bitty fellow's hat pulled down over his ears. Barney Five, maybe. His uniform about half hanging off of him. Walk out in the street, cap pistol-like on his side, a little stick in his hand, a little whistle. Walk up there with a pair of white gloves on in them cars, some of them 350 horsepower, whirling down by the street like lightning. Zoom, zoom, zoom. He couldn't stop a runaway pony with his strength. But he walked out in the street with that badge shining. He went, He blew that whistle and he held up his hand. Brother, 350 horsepower motors squeaked the brakes. It wasn't the power of the man, it was the authority he had. It was the authority he had. That's the church. It might be a bunch of holy rollers, so called, whatever you want to call it, but she's got authority. It's the authority behind it. That's what does it, regardless of the conditions. Regardless, you need to write that down. Regardless of the condition, God's law works. It won't work with your creed. It'll work with the word. It works with the word. It works with the spirit following behind it and bringing it to pass. May not look like much. Maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet. But you're in your... Your little, one of your little sisters in there washing your dishes. All of a sudden, a baby comes in burning up with a fever. You have the authority to lay your hands on that baby and demons' brakes are going to squeak. Brother Tim did not have the power to do what happened. I didn't have the power to do what happened to Adriana. I didn't have the power to save Brother Philip, but there was an authority I'll never forget it as I was laying there looking at my little girl and her crossed eyes and her talking about she couldn't see and her eyes open and they're, and they're crossed all up. And I said, God, I'm just like Brother, I think it was Bank, Banks Woods, wasn't it? Or who was out there on fishing with Brother Branham? Welch Evans, that's who it was. And he was out there fishing with Brother Branham and, and he reaches over to grab a bass. Brother Branham had caught or something and a snake, timber rattle or something, bit him on the foot. And I, it was going through my mind as I'm looking at this because we're just out enjoying nature. 
out there at the state park with some young people and some other adults that were there. And, I, and I, I'm just looking at this like, God, I, 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 ain't, I, I ain't out doing nothing wrong. I, I'm just out here enjoying nature. I remember when it's like that with your prophet and how he began to pray. And I just began to pray, Lord, I'm just out here enjoying this. And the devil has come and struck her down. And she says she can't see. And I'm looking at crossed eyes. And I ask God that you would just bring, give her back her eyesight. And I watched those eyes come straight. And I watched her as she began to say, Daddy, I can see you now. I didn't have power to do that. I didn't have power to fix her, fix a big enough, strong enough glass to put on her eyes to give her sight. I couldn't do nothing, but God could. And God came behind a little boy's prayer, a little son of God, and began to call upon him. And he moved very quickly, and I watched it happen. God began to move in such a way that Brother Matthew Simonelli would call my father, same thing. And he would pray, God, let there not be one broke bone. Doctors were sure she had broke bones. Her ankle was swelled way out and her face was all messed up and they'd done all kind of scans and all kind of things. And then he'd come back, he said, look, he said, I'm gonna keep her overnight because she was observed, knocked out, but otherwise there's no reason to her to do that. She don't have a sign of a brain injury. She don't have a sign of a concussion. She don't have one broke bone. It's all okay. Hallelujah, and I know what God spoke to me. He said, what you saw in the natural, you'll also see in the supernatural. And God very quickly brought the same thing that happened in the natural, in the supernatural. And we still got living proof of it here tonight. So the devil can say whatever he wants to say. He can howl all he wants to howl. I can see a man that's been changed. I can see a man who once was walking one way and God turned him around and he went the other way. And his amnesia's gone and the scars are healed. Regardless of conditions. Brother, Brother Tim made mention of this Sunday about Abraham and Sarah and how Sarah was caught by Abimelech. She'd went through the change of life with the body change. And here's a 90-year-old woman a king's desiring. There's things, there's things in the scriptures people don't ever catch. But here she is, and the king's wanting to take her for his wife. He said he was all ready now to take her. God said to Abraham, by Sarah you'll have a baby. See, what it was, it was a law already in effect over her life. So Abimelech's seed would not work. Amen. God had said that to Abraham. From you, Sarah will have a, will have a child. And here's a young man taking her. You notice what God said? You know, I, I not, yes, I know the integrity of your heart, the reason I've kept you from sinning against me, but restore that woman to her husband for he is a prophet and let him pray for you. And if you don't, I'm gonna wipe you off the face of the earth. There you are, what was it? God's word, it has to stand. No other man could touch Sarah. 
Because God had a law in effect over her life. Sarah, type of the church, the true church, the free church, the free woman with a free child, the type of the born again church of promise. Let them say what they want to. Call us a holy roller. Call it fanaticism. They try to stop it at Pentecost, but they'll never do it. Just keep your hands off of it. That's all. God's going to take that and do something with it just as sure as I'm standing here. We're coming right down. Take your hands off of her. There come the natural seed. That's where the natural seed had to come. If Sarah would have married this other man, the natural seed would have never been born. So if God, listen to this, so protected the course for the natural seed, how much more for the spiritual? Direct quote. If God so protected the course for the natural seed, how much more for the spiritual royal seed has he protected that? Satan, give them back. Turn them loose. You're not smothering them out there with organization and things. They're free people. You let them alone. Turn them loose. They are the royal seed of God. There's already a law in effect over lives. God, speaking of Joel, here in Joel, God is speaking of his fruit tree that he planted. God planted a fruit tree and he planted it on the day of Pentecost and he brought that tree there for a purpose. God wanted it to bear his fruit word. His fruit word, God's word, direct quote. He wanted a church that would keep his word all down through the ages. And I'll say this, no matter the conditions, no matter the conditions, Eve had failed to keep it. Jews had failed to keep keep it. The law had failed. All of it failed. So God planted himself a tree. And when this tree that God planted, it was to bear nine different kinds of fruit, nine different kinds, which means nine spiritual gifts, nine fruits of the spirit that go with nine spiritual gifts. That was God's tree. He planted it in the earth on the day of Pentecost. And David saw this long time ago of his writings of songs for something joyful that it was the first thing he wrote about. He saw a tree that was planted by rivers of waters. And he shall be like a tree, God's tree, planted where? By rivers, pure, plural, of water, singular. Not Methodist, Baptist, and Presbyterian. No, no, just rivers of one water. Rivers of one water. Non-spiritual gifts by the same spirit. Non-fruits of the spirit coming in the same channel. He shall be like a tree that's planted by rivers of water. And David saw it and he said, blessed is that man because if he's planted there, his leaves are not gonna wither. If he's been planted in that river, amen, he's gonna bring forth fruit in his season. No matter how they try to kill the tree, no matter how the devil's trying to do it, it's still coming forth. His root won't die. His root won't die. And he said they can mock it, laugh it, make fun of us as Christians, persecute. Persecution chase a Christian to make him pray more and dig down and get a better hold so he can stand the storms. 
Persecute you. What do you mean persecute? What? Trouble on the job? Situations in your family? Things that are going on around you? Everyday life? It's to cause you to pray more and dig down deeper. Not just jerk it up and say, well, I ain't giving no fruit. No, allow yourself to go deeper into the Word. A deeper into His presence. More experiences of God. A greater experience. I don't care if you're a 50, 60, 70 year old oak tree. We all need more of God. You never can get enough. There's one fillings but many refillings. And if you ever got the filling, you're going to want the refilling. I can understand you not wanting the refillings if you didn't get the filling. But if you ever got one drink, if you ever, he said, because if you take this drink that I'm offering, it'll quench something on the inside of you and you'll want more of it and you'll want more of it and you'll want more of it. What if a man's planted in such things as by the river where the springs, nine different springs feeding into him? What an establishment he has. A man that's planted by the river, the rivers of water, one water, one spirit. There's gifts of healing, same spirit. Gifts of prophecy, same spirit. All the same spirit, many gifts. And David saw him. He was planted by the tree that would never die. Notice he had his life in the roots the roots were in the spring and up from the roots came the life and it began to bear forth fruit. Now remember, the tree will not cast its fruits. You take a tree and put it away from the water, first thing you know, you got a little old apple, a little naughty worm-eating apple. It'll cast its crop. He said, that's what's the matter with the churches today. You done got away from the river. You got away from the gifts of the spirit. You got just church natural. They get away from the spiritual things of God and they cast their fruits away. What did they do? They, their believers live in the world, act like the world, steal, cheat, lie, smoke, drink, gamble, have bunco parties in the church, pay the preacher, everything else, soup, supper, dances. They cast their fruit. It's just like the world. And the unbeliever looks and say, there's no difference in that person and me. But a man that's planted, not just stuck out, but planted, direct quote, not just stuck out, but planted by the rivers of water, he's gonna bring forth his fruit. Not your own fruit, his fruit. His fruit in due season. We can read it there again, Psalms 1, blessed is the man that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful, stands in the way of the sinners. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly is not so. He won't stand with them in the judgment. Now we see he shall bring forth his fruit in the season. Watch each his. The personal pronoun here is his fruit, God's fruit in the season that the prophet is bringing it. It'll be in the prophet's season. God's fruit in God's time by the prophet's season. He'll bring forth his fruit in his season. See, if there isn't two, if there isn't two his there, bring forth his, God's fruit in the season that the messenger has ordained it to come. He'll bring forth. Now remember, that messenger that brings forth the fruit of God will bring it in God's season. It is the season of the bringer. 
He's the season of the bringer. He will bring forth his fruit in his season. What is a bringer? It's someone who brings. A bringer is something or is someone who brings or provides. Well, you say, I don't have no strength. He's here to provide it. I don't have no joy. He's here to provide. He's brought it in his service. He's the bringer. And he's bringing it out. And he's passing it out to each one who will receive. Yeah. You say, well, how, 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 do I, how do I do it? You just reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. What is it? A touch of faith. God, this is my time. The bringer was passing by that little woman with a blood issue and he's bringing her healing with him. But she had to reach out and grab it by faith. Reaching out ain't just by a hand. It's by the words of your lips. Speaking the word. Speaking the word. God, I believe it. This is my promise. This is my service. This is my time. This is time fruit's gonna come out of my life. Amen. John 1 and verse 4 said, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. It's the season of life. Life is a mystery. It's the very force and energy that keeps us going. Listen to this. this, is, this is, I thought this was very good, so I'll put it in here. Materialistic scientists have, have to say is just the interaction. Life is just the interaction of chemicals that makes the body move and react and respond and inter- interact with everything around it. it. It is most clearly realized when it's absent. Life is most clearly realized when it's absent. Naturally, spiritually. Realize when it's absent, when death occurs. To see a dead body immediately after death is to realize that something has left it. So all that is left is the flesh that will decay, leaving nothing but dust. Something within the flesh gave up and no longer energizes the body into action. For most of us, the thought of simply a chemical interaction is grossly inadequate. We sense, we feel, we're something far more than just chemicals. For chemicals have no beauty, they have no meaning, they have no purpose. Things like love and creativity are just meaningless in a pile of heaving molecules. My brother Brandon said, you want to, he said, here's a quarter. Go buy me a quart of love. You can't do it. Go buy me a quart of life. You can't do it. It's something else that comes from another place. He said, from a materialistic point of view, we know that a human body needs a pumping heart. It needs an active brain. And when either one of them shuts down, the body shuts down and dies. We explain the brain activity as minute electrical charges flowing between cells, causing stimulation that brings life. But as we just said, most of us also demand that it's more than just that. He said, whenever men rationalize and reduce humanity to mere matter, very soon after we find abuses of men by men because they don't look at it as something more than just matter. They look at it just, just, just like the tree out there. Matter of fact, they begin to worship the tree more than the body that God created. 
And there they would, they would hang you over cutting down a tree before they would hang you over killing a body. Because they have reduced humanity to mere matter. And when you do that, he says, you find abuses by men, of men by men. History is littered with such abuses. It is only when we see man as something more than merely molecule activity does a man rise up to greatness. Then we start talking about the quality of life. And in all this, we're struggling to put meaning to this word life. John, though, said in him was life. Speaking that it was something different than anyone else. And everyone else, life is imparted, given to them at conception, passed on by their parents. But in Jesus, this life existed independently of any other human being. This life, this energy that we understand, we struggle to understand exists in God alone. The light, the life. The light, the life. The word life occurs 50 times in John's gospel, often in the context of eternal life, which is a life force or energy that goes on without end. When the Bible speaks of our spirit, it is that part of us that is a mysterious holder of this life that's energized. When a person becomes a Christian, he's energized by the Holy Spirit. You can see, and it goes through many examples of when the Spirit of God would fall upon men through the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's a good study of how their life would become energized to where they could do more than what was just humanly possible. Samson's one that comes very quickly to my mind. A man, shrimp of a man, curly hair, looked like a little sissy, but the spirit of God would fall on him and he would do things that seemed impossible. It was impossible. He would rip out the heart of a lion and, and he would carry the gates of Gaza. He would do all kinds of things, kill a thousand Philistines at once with the jaw of a, of, of a mule. But what was it? It was a spirit that was energized and it was a spirit that was given life. In every case of the Holy Spirit coming upon men, he gave them ability. It was like all their natural abilities were raised to a different height. Amen, a parallel picture is trying to explain it would be to say it was like a man with only black and white sight being given the ability to see in true color. Amen, it raised it up to a whole new level, to a whole new light, to a whole new life. With the arrival of God in power, there's a flow of life that brings a transformation in man that is so dramatic that it changes him from what he used to be to what he can be. It's like the sun breaking out on a cloudy day and life coming forth in his body and he sees things like he never saw them before. That's the transformation power of the almighty God. That's the light, the life that comes into you. And we have his spirit the life, the real God energy is flowing in us and we're transformed and then we can become what we're designed to be. We start seeing things differently, thinking differently, acting differently, talking differently, 
This life in Jesus came into us and we are transformed. But let me tell you, it's more than transforming you into a new thought or a new thinking or a new walk. Let me end with this. Because we're in the season of mortal life, raising our children, marrying and bringing forth families, this is a season of mortal life. But when we have been born above, the body returns to the dust, but the spirit goes up where it came from to God who gave it to us. There will come another season. There will come another season. And that season that will come will be the season of immortal life. And when the Son of God rises with healing in his wings, it will be totally impossible. Somebody say impossible. It'll be totally impossible to hold these bodies in the ground any longer. They'll come forth in the brightness of the Son of God. Every nature itself testifies of it. So if we are a Christian, we're born of his spirit, death can hold nothing but victory for us because this old corruptible body that Satan still has power over will drop into the dust of the earth. This is the wrong season now. This is mortal season, but immortal season is coming. Immortal season is coming. And when the immortal season comes, the immortal one will come and he will bring with him the immortal spirits that have returned from the earth and they'll come back in the resurrection for a great millennium and then shine in the glory forever. Hallelujah. We are in the season of life. We're in the season of the resurrection. We're in the season of all things are possible. We are in the season of the body chain. We are in the season of death knowing its master. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you what you need to do is look at that devil that's telling you you'll never amount to nothing. You'll never be anything. Say, devil, I'm in the season. I'm in the season of the immortal one. The sun is shining on me. I can't help but be blessed. I can't help but be lifted up. I can't help but it's raised to shine upon my life and change my heart and life forever. You are in the season of life. So if you're in that season, why don't you just begin to rejoice in the light that you have heard. This is my moment. This is my time. Arise and shine. For the light has come and you're not in the season of death no more even in life. You're in the season of life. We are not in the season of barrenness no more. We are in the season of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't say that just on my own. I say that on the unction of the Holy Ghost. We are not in the season of barrenness no more. We are in the season of life. We are in the season of life. So if you're barren and you're unfruitful, come to the life. Oh, let's praise him tonight. Brother Michael, let's praise him tonight. Just lift up your hands. I'm in the season of life. I'm in the season of all things are possible. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. I want to thank you right now for my child. 
I'm going to thank you right now for the impossibles to become possible. I'm going to thank you right now that you're doing things, you're working, when we can't even see you working. Because we are in the season of miracles. We are in the season of immortal life. Hallelujah. So if we're believing for body change, let's believe for healings and deliverances. Hallelujah. Let's believe for our children to come back. Doesn't matter how impossible it may seem. It doesn't matter what situations may look like. It doesn't matter how dark it may seem. May seem four days late, but he's still the resurrection and the life. Oh God. He's still the resurrection and the life. Father, we love you, Lord. We love you, Father. Lord, we thank you for what you've done among us even today. Oh God, what we've seen, Lord. What we've seen, I, I just feel it well, well went up in me again. What I've seen in the natural, we're going to see in the supernatural. There's been a lot of young people who took punches in the face from that writer called Death. And they've, they're laying down and they're defeated. But Lord, you're going to raise them up by the power of the resurrection. And you're going to bring them back to the house of God again. And you're going to bring them back as sons and daughters of the king. Hallelujah, you're going to heal their scars and you're going to touch them in ways that no man can ever touch them. Lord, I ask God that you begin to go from this moment in this prayer. Lord, as we look, Lord, we're in the season of life. Let life begin to dawn upon hearts of God that are out there and wayward away from you. They may have been gone four years, four weeks, four days, but it don't matter. There's no time. It matters not to you, God, how long. But God, there's a word that's been spoke over them and it's a life that's been dawning upon their hearts even now, Father, and it's breaking down into the darkness and it's pushing back and it's saying come forth come forth in Jesus name hallelujah I believe that I
Oh 